Have you ever felt like there isn't enough time in the day or like you don't have time to take care of your well-being and build your dream? Or maybe you felt like it's impossible for you to go to work and still build that business that you envision at the same time. Well, so have we. And this is why we decided to make this podcast. This podcast is not just for PTs, OTs, MDs, or RNs. It's for everyone in healthcare. Our mission is to inspire you to make healthcare a better place and to build your business or brand through stories and real life examples of some of the top leaders and entrepreneurs in healthcare. There's no better time than now. Welcome to Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneur Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Mr. Carl Bourne Jr., and I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Ching. Paul, say what's up to the people. What up, what up, what up? I think I'm going to start saying hello to everybody like that. What up, what up, what up? How y'all doing? It's your boy, Paul. We're here yet again, and we got a fire, fire guest, but I'm not going to steal the limelight. Hello. Hey, I mean, you could have done your thing, bro, but... It's all good. I'll take over. Okay. I guess so, since he said all that, we're going to get started. Uh, <laughs> all right. Look, here's the thing. I really hope everybody's safe. No real talk. I just want to take a moment and do this. I hope everybody's staying safe. Things are getting a little crazy. If you're in Florida, I'm sorry. I just don't know what y'all doing down there. For everybody else in the other 49 states, I'm proud of you. Keep going and wash your hands. If you don't know who got it. You're not just going to throw Florida under the bus like that, but, but we'll talk about that later. Anyways, without further ado... As always, you guys know we love bringing you special guests. This week is no exception. With that being said, I'm very excited for this episode. Paul is very excited for this episode because this is something that we are not all that familiar with. So we're looking for your expertise to help point us in the right direction and also, you know, provide some value, which we know you will. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to go ahead and introduce Miss Shawnee Cox. Shawnee, talk to us. How are you feeling? Thank you so much for joining yes. us. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedules and just considering me, you know, as a candidate on your show. Absolutely. 100%. So we know you got to study. We know you got some hustling to do later on. So we'll be respectful of your time. With that, we'll just dive right into it right off the bat. Tell us, why did you choose to pursue being an esthetician? And if that's not the correct word to use, please educate us. No, and you're right. You guys are right. Oh, oh perfect. <laughs> like perfect. Your homework? No, you're cool. right. Um, okay, so I've always been interested in skin from small. And um, I remember as a kid, you know, I've always been complimented on, you know, my skin. My brother, my sister, and I, that's one common compliment my mom would say that we would always get as kids. But as I got older, I noticed that um, there were a lot of people with skin conditions around me that couldn't get the help that they needed. And so um, that actually stemmed my drive to pursue medicine and to become a dermatologist. But prior to pursuing medicine, I wanted to get my hands dirty in, in the industry. And I figured out that they had schooling you know, for um, aesthetics and basically be doing technically the same things as a physician, but not yet. So I wanted to start my journey from there. And I kind of wanted to start practicing for my long-term goals. So that's really how I got into skincare. With that being said, I kind of 
since me and Paul, you know, we're, we're not too familiar with everything that goes into to doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. For anyone, you know, who may be listening to this and, you know, they're thinking, I've always wanted to do that or I've always wanted to get my foot in the door to, to get started with that. What would you say are the top three things someone would need to know when they're getting started? Um, oh, that's a good question. So it's a hustle. I want to say there were maybe, I think maybe 27 or maybe 30 people in my class. And I think I'm the only person still practicing, right? Because the industry is very competitive. It's very challenging. And it's, you have to be, you know, you have to be hungry. You have to hustle. You have to be motivated and you have to be disciplined. I think that is something that people get twisted and misconstrued when it comes to business. You have to be disciplined because you're not going to wake up and be motivated every day. I mean, when I used to run track, as much as I love sprinting, I didn't always want to wake up and go to practice at 5 a.m. weights. I mean, I watched an interview with um, Usain Bolt right before he retired and he had days where he didn't want to practice, you know, but he's the reigning champ. So it's not about motivation. You have to be disciplined. So I would say that is the most important thing. The other thing would be to not necessarily pay attention to um, what others are doing, because as long as you find a niche, you'll be very successful and marketing will be your best friend because you could have a nice storefront. You can have 100 employees. You can know everything under the sun. But if you don't market to a target audience, you're not going to be successful. I didn't know you are just going to start the episode by dropping gems like that, first I'm of all. I'm sorry. You know I'm what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy I how we, time. <laughs> we're like five minutes into it. She's like, all right, <laughs> it's my turn. Let's go. Now, I actually appreciate that. And the fact, like, you know, for, for the entrepreneurs who who are – getting into it and they have an interest in this. Like, I think that's really important because, you know, you could be the most talented person on the block, but if nobody knows who you are, well, it doesn't matter. You know, that's about who, you know, as they always say, let me, let me, let me, let let, let me dig into this because, because we don't know that much. Uh And I think as I'm thinking about this, I'm realizing there's probably a lot of misconceptions Mm -hmm. when it comes to skincare. Right. right? I mean, growing up, I've done sin at all. Like I've seen everything <laughs> under the sun on TV, on radio, on the internet, okay. book, whatever. So I think we really need to start at the base of it and then kind of build on, the, on that. Is that okay? okay. I agree. Yeah. So, let, so let's talk about skincare. Okay. All right, let's talk about skin. First of all, what does skin, skincare mean to you? And then how do we actually start to take care of our skin outside of like all the fads? Right. No, folk there's outside, a like, lot of information water. on YouTube. Yeah, there exactly. are a lot. Of, you can overeducate yourself on YouTube. My thing is this, right? To me, skincare, if I had to personalize in a statement, skincare would just be um, a regimen tailored to the individual. Um, when I do my consultations, I try to inform my, you know, patients, clients, and existing and new coming to me that everything is tailored and skin is not a one size fit all. Like I'm, I specialize in corrective skincare and microneedling is probably the most popular service that I do. And so when people come to me, they want to correct dark spots, um, wrinkles, hyperpigmentation, acne scarring and things like that. And so that being said, um, I always ask them, okay, why do you want a chemical peel? Because that's their first go-to. And I explain to them that, well, one, a chemical peel's downtime is seven to 14 days. Microneedling is only 24 hours. And it does the same thing, if not better, in a shorter amount of time, and then you have a less chance of burning or have a reaction if you do a chemical peel. 
So that being said, to give you that little excerpt, it's all about um, what your skin needs because I'm pre-med and I do love natural remedies. I think it's important for you to get your um, blood type tested and to get an allergy test because a lot of times people are having reactions and when you go to a derm's office, they'll do like, I think it's a, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's like a standard um, All-American panel where they put like a, like, it looks like, um, kind of like an ice tray, right? They grab an ice tray and they'll put it on your back for about, I think, 40 or 72 hours. And based upon the ingredient that's in the number, if you have a reaction, it'll determine if you're allergic to it. Now, that's great because it indicates what you're allergic to topically, right? But you are what you eat. I have a client, she's had acne for about 13 odd years. And, you know, I asked her, I said, you know, what's your diet like? And she told me she eats pork, she drinks dairy, um, she eats a lot of sweets, doesn't really have um, much intake of water and things like that. So I said, okay, disclaimer, everything that I'm saying to you is never a requirement. It doesn't matter if I'm the professional, you do your own research, but these are the suggestions I'm making. You don't have to go cold turkey. What you should do is probably start weaning out the things that are high in fats, that are oily, um, that cause buildup, things that, I don't know, that clog arteries, and things that cause inflammation. And so she made the decision to stop eating pork, and her forehead cleared up. It did a complete 180, and she doesn't eat pork anymore. So I was happy because her skin cleared up. Can I follow up with that real quick? Yeah. All right. So I used to always think that was a myth. No, right. no, I used to know it's 10,000 minutes. And here's the, here's the reason why I actually saw the flashback post today. So this thing used to happen to me, like up until last year, where in the summer, like for some reason, I get like this peeling of my skin, like right here. Then I get this like giant pimple on my cheek for various reasons. Well, no, for one reason, I decided to like cold turkey go vegan at the beginning of last year. Okay. And I'm talking about like, I believe in meat. I eat meat, I cook it. <laughs> I grill it, I warm it, I bake it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not like, like all of that, right? And, yeah. and I would raise cows if I could. Like, I'm serious about it. But then it's like, when when I did the vegan thing, what, what was crazy is, I mean, obviously, besides all the added benefits, I literally saw how, like, my skin did not react. Because I was expecting it. I was, I was really, like, me, I was like, all right, you know, this thing's going to happen again. It's insane exactly. how that alone has an effect mm-hmm. on just like what your skin does for you or shows yeah. or like reflects i mean because you have to remember your skin it you're, you can um detoxify by what your sweat if you urinate obviously if you stool um but with the sweat you have toxins coming out and sometimes some people aren't sensitive to what they eat like i'm not sensitive to what i eat but granted i've never had acne i always tell my clients that but that's not to say that I've never had a breakout before. I'm a woman. I know what my skin likes topically, but as far as my diet, it's not sensitive to that. Some people are sensitive to, like I said, dairy. A lot of women will suffer with oily skin around their time of the month because their hormones will fluctuate. Um, I mean, if you live in a hot, humid climate like I do in Orlando, Florida, you're going to have to combat weather. And then on top of that, you have to determine your genetics like people come to me all the time about shrinking pores and I tell them you know there's only so much you can do with that because it's genetics 50% and then the other 50% is based on again your diet your daily practices and if you're over exfoliating so there's a lot to play that comes into play when it comes to pore size and 
oily skin and if you have acne and things like that. And just because you have, like if your parents have acne, just because it's genetic doesn't mean that you have to have it. You can reverse those things like contact dermatitis can be reversed. Eczema can be reversed with your diet. Um, there are a lot of things that can be reversed with your diet, believe it or not. So skincare topically is only a part of it. Skincare is a holistic thing. You know, everything has to come together with in, in full circle. So I feel like I'm learning so much right now. Like, <laughs> I feel like I'm teaching you. This, <laughs> I got hella notes right now. Like this is this is incredible. So let me let me ask you this question because uh, you, you you talked a, you talked a little bit about it just now. You know when you reference that you know when when women are when women are faced with their cycle or their time of month comes around and because of their hormones fluctuating that it's easy for you know them to break out or have a, a reaction right. with their skin. So my question to you. Is there actually a difference? And I have another question after this. Is there actually a difference in caring for men's skin versus women's skin? And if so, what are the big factors that you have to look out for that are associated with that? That's a great question. I mean, I actually posted a clip today of me doing a gentleman's face. So a lot of the times my girlfriends or like clients, it'll be like, well, my boyfriend or this guy I'm talking to, or, you know, this guy has beautiful skin, but he has a terrible diet and you know, he doesn't do anything. I'm like, yeah, that's why. So unless that, unless you're prone to acne, if you're not putting on makeup every day and different products every day and sensitizing your skin every day, nothing's going to happen to it. And most men don't wear makeup, you know, unless you're in that industry. Um, most men shave. So you're also giving yourself a daily exfoliation. So to be honest with you, men have like the perfect skincare regimen. They don't even know it. And I think it's so funny because <laughs> women get so upset and I'm telling them like, even with COVID, I'm like, this is the perfect time to heal your skin because other than the fact of you wearing a mask, your skin is getting a chance to breathe. Now, mind you, if you're not sensitive to topical, you know, products, you can get away with it. But unless I'm on camera, I want to say about 90% of the time I'm, I'm barefaced. I put on a lot of bronzer. I like to be caramelized and tan, but I don't wear makeup. I work out a lot. And it's just better for your skin, whether you have acne or not. Because when you put so many chemicals on your face, you start to break down your acid mantle, which is the barrier. And the surface of your skin is called the epidermis. So you start to deteriorate and then that becomes imbalanced. Your pH of your face should be about a 4.5 to a 5.5. So when you're putting products on like um, apple cider vinegar or lemon, like they do on YouTube, that's acidic. So that's going to burn your skin. And then if you use products like Dr. Bronner's, which is very popular, I think the pH of that is an eight to a 10. That's very alkaline. So that starts to break down the barrier as well. So you want to use something that's balanced to keep the equilibrium on the surface. So now I got to ask, okay. so, cause this is, this is a big thing that I see just, just in general. Like, let's say someone's listening to this episode and they're uh -huh. like, you know, I don't really have a, a skincare regimen, but I would like to start one. But mm -hmm. they've been hearing so many different things like, oh, well, you need to go with this brand or no, you shouldn't even go with that brand because they have these chemicals in it. You should go mm -hmm. with a natural brand. <laughs> what is your perspective in terms of, of that? Like, should you be going with natural stuff to put on your face? Like, is, mm -hmm. is, are there things with chemicals that are okay? Like, where do you stand as far as that? What advice would you give? 
That's a great question too. So the longer I practice, I've been doing this for what, going on seven years now. So the longer I practice, the more I've learned that it's just best to do what works for you. Because I have a client, she can slather coconut oil on her face. And I never recommend anybody to use coconut oil, but she has very dry skin. So she can handle that. But one of my clients that have combination of oily skin that would break them out completely. I have a young lady that only uses chemicals. She will not use anything organic because she doesn't think they work until she met myself. And so I just think that to answer your question, use what works for you, but always patch test, right? So the closest part of your skin on your face is going to be this area here and your inner um, wrist. But I've tested things before in those areas and then put them on my face and I've had a reaction. So the best telltale place would be to put it like right up under the jawline because it's connected to the face. And if you do have a reaction, you're not going to be able to see it. So patch testing is the best thing for you to do. And you can definitely choose between organic or chemically based as long as it works for you. I have a mixture of both. I wash my face. I do oil cleansing. So I'll use um, organic hemp seed oil when I have a cleanser for my brand. And then when I want to exfoliate, I'll use the lactic acid from Dermalogica. And lactic acid is a derivative from milk. So I tend to encourage my clients to use like um, exfoliants and just chemicals that are from fruit derivatives because they're natural in a sense. You know, they come from a fruit, a plant, and they work. I'm just here like... You know when you know absolutely nothing about something, then you start to learn a lot and you're like, huh. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, this is interesting. Now, honestly, you know, to even hit that point, what's crazy is like, I've always wondered why it is that, I'm not going to say men have superior skin because, you know. I mean, most guys do. But it's like, I'll be my <laughs> <a> significant other. <laughs> like, I'll go take a shower. I'll just take body wash and I'll just be like. Right we good oh that's terrible but okay right but that but then that's the reference and then for like what are you doing like mm -hmm. what's going on and i'm like what like i'm good what are you talking about yeah, right and i just never knew do anything like, else to your face though that's why unless you have very sensitive skin and that's the other thing people don't most people don't have sensitive skin they sensitize their skin because of all the chemicals they're putting onto it i try to tell people give a product at least like i don't know maybe a month three months to work, four weeks to 12 weeks to work to really see if something is working unless you're having a telltale reaction. Cease immediately. But other than that, I just give it some time. But we live in a pop, like a microwave generation, so we want everything quick. And sometimes, I mean, if you've had acne for 15 odd years, you're not going to heal your skin in two weeks. So. Okay. So. <laughs> see, now I'm asking, I have two questions for you. Okay. All right, before I jump into the next section, mm -hmm. I just want to ask, first of all, because, you know, I've been blessed, obviously, thank the Lord, but <laughs> if somebody's dealing with, like, hyperpigmentation, mm -hmm. I got to ask, right? Let, let, me, let me just get the secrets for somebody out here. If somebody's dealing with, like, hyperpigmentation when it comes to, like, taking care of their skin, how do they go about that? Specifically, shout out to our queens, specifically, um, especially for, like, Black women. Yeah, I don't think definitely. they get the love that like a lot of the other people do. Mm -hmm. How do they deal um, with that? There are a couple of things. So like I was telling Carl earlier, so most people assume that chemical peels are the way to go. And while they do work, I'm not particularly a fan of them because they fry the skin. Like I offer glycolic peels, which are like 30%. And glycolic acid is basically a derivative of sugar cane. So it's great. 
one of my favorite fruits, right? My favorite plant fruit, but it's it's good. But the thing is, um, you have to be careful because if you already have a compromised barrier, you don't want to add an acid on there because what'll end up happening is you'll get burned. You can have a reaction from the um, the chemical field, or your skin will become so dried out that your sebaceous glands, your oil glands, will create more oil, and they will compensate for the lack of moisture which will also encourage more acne because you have so much oil being produced. So my go-to for hyperpigmentation, to be honest with you, is always microneedling because it targets wrinkles, it targets hyperpigmentation, um, and it also targets scarring. And that is something that is often used interchangeably and it shouldn't. So hyperpigmentation is obviously darker spots and then scarring is pitted. So if you've ever seen an orange peel or a person with like, indentations in their face that's scarring so it can heal all of that without having to have you on bed rest for 7 to 14 days the downtime for microneedling is only 24 hours and the thing is when you're doing microneedling when you do pinpoint bleeding you have a tendency to get the plasma from the blood unless you do prp which is platelet-rich plasma and that's basically liquid gold for your body and that speeds it up twice as much. Okay. Sheesh. No, I'm, I'm thoroughly, I don't know about Carl. Like, I'm mind blown right now. Okay, I'm just trying to make sure I answer your question. <laughs> like, you know, you get more information, and the more information you get, you realize all the things you've been doing wrong. Yeah, but if it's working for you, that's what I'm saying. If it's working for you, you have to keep doing it. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Here's the thing. Let me be honest with you, right? I'm trying to wake up glowing. That's what it is. You look shiny right now. I'm trying to shine some more. I'm trying to like shine in the dark. I want like, I want people to see me and just be like, you see this melanin? This is natural. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get there. Anyway, all jokes aside, no, that's for real. Thank you for sharing that. Um, let's jump into a little bit more of a different direction too, because everybody didn't just come here for skincare, even though they need to listen and take notes. But let, let's get more into the business side of stuff. And you mentioned you know, before we got on the podcasting. So I want to start right there. How did you get into podcasting for skincare? Because I've never heard of a podcast for skincare. You know, just me not knowing. And then what are like your big goals with the podcast and educating people in that realm? Um, that's a great question as well. I'll be very honest. I'm a little embarrassed. So the podcast, I got into that because I had a podcast prior called Cox Uncensored. And that was basically a podcast that I made for my followers because they wanted to get to know me more. And because I was so busy and I didn't have time to like record and things like that, I'm like, okay, I can talk, make a podcast episode or two on Audacity and put it up, right? So I did a season, I think I did two seasons and they had about maybe, I think what, seven or eight episodes a piece. And then I did the skincare podcast called um, The Skin Scripts, right? And I started doing that during like the time that COVID hit simply because people were pressed for money. They were experiencing some financial hardships and things like that. And I wanted to provide information for them for free, you know, at the tip of their fingers. So my goal with the podcast, to be honest with you, was just to educate them. And this sounds so, I don't know how bad this sounds, but I didn't really or necessarily have a goal with the podcast. I just wanted to make sure that I was able to connect with the audience and give them information that I get from questions on a daily basis. That way I'm not being redundant answering the same questions over and over again. And if they need to um, revisit their questions, it's on the internet for them. You said it's called This Skin First? It's called The Skin Script. So T-H-E, 
and then a scan and then RX. Oh. Oh. Mm -hmm. You're using that medical knowledge. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you go right ahead. <laughs> Love it. I'm going to listen to it. Okay. I think it has like what maybe five episodes it was, it's, it's just a project and that's something that's different for me because I, i'm goal oriented but but this one i just wanted to do like a little fun um project but people have been asking so i need to be more aware of when i do things that people want more of them so i, I kind of want to transition into another question shawnee because okay. i feel i feel and, and this is still on the on the business aspect of things a, sure. a little bit but I feel for, you know, for you, you said that you started this podcast just because of, you know, COVID hit and you wanted mm -hmm. to be able to provide value, you know, without charging people for it, which is very admirable because a lot of people would take it as an opportunity, you know, to try and make, make more money. So with that being said, I want to ask you because, you know, it's clear that you've been doing your thing, you have your business, you're, you're, you're very successful doing what you're doing. And I'm sure this is, of course, so I'm sure this is something that people have asked you before and a lot of people would love to know, including myself. So my question to you is, if you're already successful, why are you pursuing medicine? Why are you choosing to basically leave what is already working for you and pursue something else beyond it? Um, yeah, that is a common question. Because at the end of the day, I've always wanted to pursue dermatology. And I just feel like when it comes to assisting those with keloids, whether it be contact dermatitis, eczema, um, it's not common in the uh, African-American community, but rosacea is something that we do experience as well. We don't have physicians that are um, as privy to those things for people of color. And I want to make up for that gap. Um, I'm not saying that aesthetics hasn't allowed me to do so, but I'm limited still in regards to doing research, I can't do a biopsy, you know, because I'm not a physician. I can only hear about certain things that, you know, take place when they're doing research. I can't actually um, be involved. And I just feel that there are certain people and places that I want to reach, and they will be more prone to take heed to what a dermatologist is saying versus a, you know, a, an established medical esthetician. Not saying that you can't make this a career because I'm not going to med school for money because if I told you guys how much money I'm making and the amount of money that's, you know, coming to me, thanks to God and, you know, the blessing, you would ask me the same question. But at the end of the day, it's, it's not about money. Like, I'm very passionate about helping people with their skin. And I feel like since it is a desire of my heart, that's what I want to continue to pursue unless God says otherwise. I'm going to leave that. I was about to be like, no, nah, tell us. No, I'm going to leave that question for after the podcast. Because she's making money, guys. Um, no, for real. want to follow up then because, you know, as fellow entrepreneurs, we, we understand that it's not all like roses and sun, no. right? I mean, to be honest, if you're getting, in, if you're getting into entrepreneurship for the, for the title. Yeah, you're crazy. You're crazy. Please find something else. Because mm -hmm. this, this ain't it. No. <laughs> like, especially in your field. Yeah. What are the glamour parts of being an entrepreneur in your field? And then what are the parts that people don't see? So we could do the, so the glamour parts, to, and this sounds very, very vain, but I'm going to be very honest with you. The fact, if you're already an aesthetically pleasing looking person, that's half the battle right there. Like I'd be lying to you and told you if I didn't build a following based on how I look. That's, that's just, that's the truth. That's part of it, right? And I used to be very insecure about that. 
but people say because of your substance. So I think it's very important for you to look the part, not just, um, you know, being beautiful or being dressed properly, but also making sure you take care of your skin. Because I know me for a fact, if I'm going to a doctor to lose weight, I'm going to be um, more likely to take his advice if he's also fit compared to a person that's not fit. You know, I know some people get into aesthetics because they do have skincare um, issues and that's how they were introduced to it. But it's also, it's only going to be conducive to your future and, and being successful in the business if you look the part. So if you have clear skin, if your nails are trimmed, if you're, you know, professional, if you're punctual, if you present yourself properly, you speak well, uh, that's going to help with your business. Um, getting booked for things like this is always fun. Um, you get to model, you get to get invited to different conferences. And um, if you blog like I, like I do myself, you get brand ambassador deals. Like I'm a brand ambassador for a, a lucrative scrub company. So those are some of the things you get to do and you get to meet other people. Um, I've had the opportunity to work on some celebrities as well. So, and I can't disclose that because of what we had to sign, but the opportunities are endless. The part that people don't see is you're always having to work. Like I have people calling my phone, messaging me at two, three o'clock in the morning past, you know, office hours. And because I give myself to my clients, sometimes I'll answer, right? But I've learned to make boundaries for myself. That way I'm replenished and I can, you know, assist them. Also staying on top of new trends because things are always changing. And I think it's very important for you to not keep up with the Joneses, but just kind of know the new technology or the new technique or the new cleanser product on the market. And um, just being disciplined because it's very hard to be motivated in this industry, especially during these times now. You just hit so much gold just now. And in a sense, I guess it does sound a little vain, but I understand it because I tell, this is something I even talk about amongst you know my classmates and people that I educate about physical therapy which is at the end of the day, if you're coming to a clinician to help you get better and right. you know return you to function, you're going to want to see that that clinician looks well put together, that they're in shape, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're, they clearly take good care of themselves. And yeah. that's just, that's just the, you know, that, that's the world that we live in. And, and I mean, it makes sense because at the end of the day, how can you tell me that you're going to help get me back to function when it doesn't even look like you take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. So as vain as it sounds, I think it's realistic. And I think that it makes perfect sense. I want to, I want to ask you because, you know, with a lot of the things that you just said, you can tell that this is something that is very demanding beyond what many people will think that are on the outside looking in, you know, on the outside looking in, it may seem like, oh my gosh, she has it all. You know, she's, she's doing something that she loves. She's making money she's successful. But at the end of the day, you know, you're a human and yes. because you're a human, you're prone to a lot of things that come with that increased demand that is placed upon yourself. And so the question that I want to ask you is how do you make sure that you can show up as the best version of yourself while still being able to balance everything that you have going on? Um, balance, to be honest with you. I'm 
I'm still working on that. I'm a terrible person when it comes to balance. I'm always working, 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 but that, that doesn't, um, that's not beneficial for anyone. Like you have to take naps. I take a nap at least once a day, at least for an hour, you know, and I feel replenished. If I know I have to study the same night, probably go to sleep at like maybe five, take a nap for an hour and get up and I have energy for the remainder of the night. Being social, you know, making sure that the individuals that you surround yourself with are pouring positive thoughts and just bringing positive energy to your life. Um, I pray about everything, about certain decisions to make, because I want to say maybe an hour before the interview, I told my friend that I'm ready to sell my business because I'm just so overwhelmed. I'm in the process of hiring people, but even that's a jump for me because I don't trust people easily with my business. So that's going to be new. Hope that goes well. Um, and just reminding myself that you have to take things one day at a time because when your business starts to grow too quickly, it can get ugly and you can make mistakes, right? And that's just part of it. But you just have to learn how to enjoy the process as you're going through it. And just understand that you'll get through the day because once I remind myself that I'll get through the day, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm good when I remind myself I'll get through the day. Nice. Uh, self-care, man. <laughs> Did you learn the information that you thought that you were going to learn? I learned a lot more. I didn't know what I was going to learn. Okay. Let, let me say that. I didn't know what I was going to learn. Okay, good. So I came into this with an open mind because, again, for the first time in my life, I've come into something not even knowing what it is I'm about to learn. But I, I, I definitely had a lot of questions. I would like to ask one last question just to kind of... Right help get people a bigger understanding because I know there's folk that, that want to get into the game um, mm -hmm. or they're in and they're not succeeding or they're not being successful. So I think something that people definitely need to know or like be aware of is like, what would you say ends up being like one of the biggest ways people end up losing money in your industry? Oh, that's a great question. Trying to keep up with the Joneses, spending money on marketing or devices that they don't know how to use or um, with agents that they haven't done research on because everyone wants to grow but knowing the right places to allot your money to knowing the right conferences to attend knowing the right devices to purchase and who to purchase them from and even knowing the right certification courses to take after you graduate from school like for example i'm hosting two courses right now um one on site and one virtually for microneedling because it's you know, the most popular procedure that I do. And I look forward to it. I'm making sure that everything is, you know, well thought out um, and detailed for the young ladies and they have everything they need to be successful. But um, just don't throw your money away because I understand wanting to be successful, but there is no such thing as an overnight success. Like I think it took Kevin Hart like maybe 10 or 13 years to become an overnight success. So you just have to be patient, consistent, and because you are in a service provider industry, you need to watch how you treat people because you're only successful because of them. Same thing goes for doctors because I used to work for one. He was only successful because of his employees. So it's important to treat people well, um, whether they're working for you or not. That'll take you very far. So with that being said, I, I feel like we need to give our listeners a little... <laughs> A little bit of a, of a glimpse into um, you know some things that are important to you mm -hmm. because I think that 
behind every successful business, behind every successful businessman or businesswoman, mm-hmm. there is a set of values that have to be set in stone, that have to be put in place. So with that being said, I want to ask you, what would you say are the top three principles that you live by that guide you not only in your business, but you know, in your relationships as well? Mm-hmm. I think the first thing for me would be authenticity and like transparency. I've always had an issue with people BSing me, right? So I'd rather be, you know, slapped with a kiss. Um, I'm sorry, slapped with the truth and kiss, you know, with a lie. I feel like when you're honest and transparent, there's room, you know, for forgiveness and there's room to um, to rectify certain situations and salvage things if they're salvageable. But if you lie to a person, you kind of lose your credibility. And that goes into my business. I'm not going to lie to a person and tell them that this is going to take them from point A to point B in this amount of time only because I want their money. It's about, you know, their benefit at the end of the day. I would say another core value of mine is humanity, just treating people the way I want to be treated, regardless of where they come from, um, what they've been through, how long they've been in the industry, whether longer than me or shorter than me. It takes you a longer way than you expect. Your character has a lot to say about you because I've met and dealt with some people that are filthy rich and they have no character. And to me, you're still, you're still a broken person. You know, you could be extremely rich, but if you don't have any character, any morals and values, then, you know, what do you really have? And I think the third core value I probably live my life by is not forgetting where you came from. And I know that's very cliche. Um, I had, you know, I'd like to say that I had a privileged life but I still experienced some traumatic things growing up. And I think those things helped mold me and the you know, woman I am and the person I'm becoming as well as for business. And I just think that it's easy for people to get a big head when they think they're successful or they've arrived. Um, but I think people have a tendency to forget that as quick as you've achieved something, it can be taken away from you in the same fashion, right? So I think it's important to give back. And I just think it's important to keep, be, keep humble, you know, humble yourself to remain humble because there's always going to be someone bigger and better than you. And I think even with those situations, they can all be teaching moments. You are full of wisdom. Thank you. And especially like that last portion, just, you know, with staying humble. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that might be one of the biggest things that burns entrepreneurs. It does. It really does. You get a big head and it's like, you're, you know, I think people, they're just so enticed with, you know, looking like they have money. And I'm like, you can't even pay your rent. Why are you so concerned about looking like you have money? People who have money don't act like that. They just exist and have money. Exactly. Let me ask you the last question here. Overall, mm-hmm. if... If somebody comes to you today and and they're like, yo, I need the secrets. I, I need to know how to get to where you are today. And uh, based on whatever you are willing to teach them, you know, because obviously you can't give everybody everything all at once. Otherwise, you're doing them no good. What would you say would be like the number one thing you tell them today? Like, yo, this is what you need to start working on now. Come the world's greatest concierge. Esthetician. <laughs> You saw him um, struggling, right? Yeah, I did. I'm like, let me save him. I did. Hey, I told y'all English is not my first. I said, come on, Paul. Um, 
to be honest with you, I always tell people to invest in themselves. You have to invest in yourself and take a chance on yourself. I mean, and that could be, it could be a financial investment. It could be just setting aside, I don't know, an hour or two after your nine to five of the job that pays your bills to just research on what area of aesthetics you want to go in. It could be on, you know, just researching what equipment that you need to get or what certification courses you need to continue, you know, things like that. It's, it's very, very simple. Um, reading is fundamental. And I, I hate saying it like that, but there's so much information on the internet that is, you know, available to us, but we don't really take the time to utilize those resources because we're so caught up in our phones and we're so caught up in social media and we're so caught up in things that are uh, aesthetically and externally pleasing, which is not a bad thing, you know, but you also have to feed yourself from the inside out and knowledge is power. So I would just say to invest in yourself first and foremost. I love it. You just gave us and the listeners a whole lot of value. And let me once again express my gratitude for you making some time to hop on and talk to us. I think that, I think I learned a lot today. I think Paul okay. can say the same. And this, like, you know, like we said, this was something we, we really didn't know a whole lot about, but we knew you were an expert. So, you know, we wanted to get you on here to drop some gems, which you did. So again, thank you for you know making the time to hop on and before, before before i let you know before i let you go for anyone who's listening you know and this might be their their first time being exposed to yourself and they want to know how they can connect with you what would mm -hmm. be some contact information that you would want to leave with them okay awesome so the best way to contact me is via instagram and so my handle is at underscore shawnee Celine. And that has my email address and my contact number on there. So you guys can feel free to give me a call, send me a text, email me. I respond. I've been responding to DMs more because of the influx, but I may have to like, you know, cut that out because it's hard to keep up with those business-wise. So you can connect with me on there. Perfect. Well, Shawnee, thank you again. It means the world to us. With that being said, to our lovely listeners, we love you. We appreciate you. You could have been anywhere else, but you chose to be right here listening. If you found value in this episode, which you should, please leave us a rating, a review, five star, I might add. Share, download, subscribe, reach out to Shawnee, tell her how much you loved her information, tell her how much, you know, your skin has improved since you started implementing some of the things that she mentioned. And uh, we just look forward to you guys and your continued support. It's much appreciated. So until next time, peace and many blessings. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. This episode was brought to you by The Accepted System. The Accepted System is a program that helps pre-physical therapy students get into physical therapy school without wasting time or money. Most pre-PT students go on to spend hundreds of dollars applying to multiple DPT programs, with the majority of them having less than 40% confidence that they will actually get accepted that cycle. You have been taught that regardless of all the work you put into applying, you really do not have much control over your acceptance into PT school. The truth is, you actually do. You can find help at www.preptgrindotc.com. This episode was also brought to you by PhysioMemes. PhysioMemes helps PT businesses to increase their referrals through word of mouth marketing by growing their brand with an online store. PhysioMemes. Thank you for listening. 
Don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. See you next episode.